What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode six of Tongues Out the Hockey Show, and I'm your very sweaty host, Tyler Briggs. Uh, I'm doing this on Wednesday afternoon. I'm actually on my lunch break. I just went to grab some coffee. I'm sitting in my car. Uh, I've got the air conditioning down low, so you obviously don't hear that. And yeah, it's pretty damn hot outside. Uh, temperature's showing 26 degrees, uh, but that's uh, not what we're here to talk about. We're obviously here to talk about hockey and We've got a very special guest coming on later in this episode. We'll get to that in a minute, but we got to start off with some breaking news this morning. Uh, it kind of caught me by surprise, at least. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have traded Connor Sheary and Matt Hunwick. They've traded them to the Buffalo Sabres for a fourth-round round conditional draft pick, and I believe it could turn into a third, depending on some sort of stipulation. So... The big piece in this trade, it's kind of surprising to see Connor Sherry moving. Maybe Pittsburgh's making cap room for some sort of deal, uh, some sort of free agent. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, kind of surprising to see Sherry heading out the door. Uh, he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he will be a welcome addition to a Buffalo Sabres team that is trying to rebuild. Uh, they've spent the last 10 years trying to rebuild, kind of touched on that in the last episode. But, anyways... Before we get to our special guest, I would just like to congratulate the Hockey Hall of Fame inductees, starting off with none other than my man, my favorite player growing up, Martin Brodeur. Uh, he played in the league for, I mean, until I was in my mid-20s, and I remember him as a little kid. I actually became a Devils fan the day Marty Brodeur scored a goal against Montreal Canadiens in 1997 in the playoffs, I, at least... That's my earliest memory of when I became a fan of the Devils, and it was all because of Marty. So we had, and this is this is all off the top of my head. I'm on, I'm on lunch break, didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but I do know that Marty Brodeur had 691 career wins. And if I'm off, it might be off by just a couple there. And that was like uh, that's roughly 140 more than the second second most, which was Patrick Waugh. He had around 550. Uh, Marty also won three cups. He had two Olympic golds. And he is the all-time leader in shutouts with somewhere around 124. I believe that's about 20 more than Terry Sawchuk had. So congrats to my guy, Marty. I mean, this is, uh, this is, uh, this, this, this uh, honors obviously goes, goes along with a long list of accolades for him. Uh, speaking of Marty's, we'll go with Marty St. Louis next. Uh, a lot of you guys remember, last remember him. Uh, playing for the New York Rangers in the playoffs, but he obviously made a name for himself with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was undrafted as a young kid and eventually signed as a free agent with the Calgary Flames. They let him go, and of course in 2004, uh, which I remember quite uh, vividly, he scored the game-winning goal in, it was in Calgary. They were playing Calgary in the Stanley Cup Finals. It was game six. He scored the game-winning goal in double overtime to send the series back to back to game seven in Tampa and we all well not all of us but I definitely remember what happened there and my guest that's coming on next definitely remembers as well <laughs> um Jana Hefford uh she's going into the uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame as well I believe she won four consecutive gold medals with the Canadian women's Olympic team and she also scored the game winner in 2002 against the United States in the, the gold medal game so congrats to Jana as well Alexander Yakushev. Don't know a lot about don't know a lot about this guy. I, I'm sure you guys don't really know a lot about him either, but I know he won two golds with the Soviet Union back in the 70s and 
Obviously had a pretty polished international resume. Willie O'Ree, I think this is a really big one. I know a lot of people have advocated for this over the last couple of years. He's going in. I know in the 50s was when he broke into the league. I know he didn't. He only played a handful of games, but it's kind of besides the point. Willie O'Ree was the one to break the color barrier in the National Hockey League back in the 50s and became the first African-American player to play an NHL game. So to go along with that, O'Ree has also stayed on as an ambassador of the league for a long time, and uh, his community service is well-recognized as he now has a an award named after him that was given to Darcy Hogan, like we talked about in the last episode at the NHL Awards. So congratulations to Willie O'Ree. I know he's in his 80s, and a lot of people were really, like I said, really advocating for this, for him to at least see himself go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. So big congrats to Willie. And of course, the last the last member of this year's inductions is none other than everybody's favorite commissioner, Gary Bettman. <laughs> Uh, congrats to Gary. He's been in the he's been in the league for I think about 25 years now. What this says to me, him going into the Hall of Fame, I would guess he's probably on the verge of retirement. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of hope that. I know Gary's a little bit misunderstood. Um, he's done a lot of good for the league. Obviously, the Sun Belt teams succeeding. Um, teams like teams like Anaheim, LA. Well, not L.A. L.A. came in in like the 70s or whatever, 60s. Uh, the San Jose Sharks, the Florida Panthers, all these teams, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Nashville Predators even, which is they're a huge success story. So uh, congrats is due there for Gary. And we'll touch on the free agents. We'll touch on the free agents a little bit later. I know that's coming up right away. I really wanted to squeeze this episode in and drop it before I, I take off, eh? Before I take off to the lake, I'm ta- I'm taking off on Friday. So I really wanted to make sure I crammed all this into one episode for you guys. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll touch on the free agents as we get to the end of the episode here. But without further ado, I would like to welcome in our guest that I had the chance to sit down at lunch with him a couple days ago and uh, do this interview. We kind of broke down the Dougie Hamilton trade in Calgary together. Uh, he's a big fan of the Flames. You'll, you'll notice that by the interview. And yeah, this interview is brought to you by none other than me, Tyler Briggs. Enjoy. This is Tongues Out. I'd like to welcome a very special guest. He's one of my favorite people to talk hockey with. He's former assistant manager at Safeway. That's where we used to work. He's currently a coordinator at Canadian Lutheran World Relief. He loves the Calgary Flames. He used to love Renee Bork. He's got a wife named Brittany, a cat named Luna, and a dog named Rugby. Rugby's also a great sport, but we're here to talk hockey. Welcome to the podcast, Cody Cleave. How the heck are you, pal? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here. <laughs> so you and I have known each other for a long time, longer than most people probably realize. We weren't exactly friends like way back in the day, but I do remember you as a punk looking kid with frosted dyed blonde hair at our church. Am I bang on with that? Pretty close. That's, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to take too much credit, but if I'm not mistaken, you didn't really discover your true love for hockey until we started working together at Safeway around the mid 2000s. Is that kind of... Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, you definitely got me more involved in hockey than on a much deeper level than I remember. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Eh? Um, so I remember uh, sitting in the break room. Hockey was generally always the talk back then. Uh, I worked with guys like Ron and Don. <laughs> uh, not Ron and Don, of course, but uh, uh, dare I say, was that the best Safeway lineup of all time? You, you could argue that for sure. It was definitely uh, very 
different aspects of hockey, a lot of different interests in the, the sport, much deeper conversations than most people probably get into at their, their place of work. Yeah, it definitely made the place uh, enjoyable to come to. Not that it, not that it wasn't, because I, I definitely, definitely enjoyed my time there. Uh, I know you started playing hockey late in your 20s. Can you describe yourself as a hockey player? <laughs> definitely a grinder. <laughs> Don't have uh, great legs, let's say that. Uh, I know where to be. Uh, many years of NHL, uh, you know, PlayStation hockey and oh, Xbox yes. hockey. Yep. It, it certainly gets you to know where to be. You watch a lot of hockey. So, you know, I, I bang in some pucks here and there. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to drop down and block a shot with my face or anything. But No, no. Everybody's got to get up and go to work in the <laughs> morning, right. unfortunately. But certainly enjoy playing it. I, I love it. I'm glad to be able to play instead of just, you know, watching it to actually play the sport. Yeah, it kind of helps you really appreciate special. what they do a little That's bit more right. out on the ice. You realize it's not as easy. You know, we're a lot of coaches here on the, the couches. And you realize, oh, yeah. really, it's not as easy as you think. It's easy to sit back and be grumpy in your chair, sitting in front of the yeah. TV, wondering why a guy's doing a certain thing. But then you step on the ice and you realize oh man this is pretty hard to do on yeah. these uh, little you're yelling out skate skate and you're like they're probably tired guys it's, it's a lot of work <laughs> um if i'm not mistaken you were born in calgary alberta that is correct and i think you told me that you you moved when you were really young to winnipeg right pretty young i think i was about two i was in red deer for a little while with my parents as well uh but i mean this is all before i remember but uh that's that you know that's kind of where the love for calgary came from that, that was my next question i was wondering if that's where your undying love for the calgary flames came from that is correct good old yeah. western canadian boy that's right <laughs> sutters and us and, oh uh, <laughs> yeah so i know around like probably when we were working together around 2006 2008 ish uh the flames had some very good teams that went uh belly up early yeah. in the playoffs can you tell me what direction the flames are headed in now well, you know, they're certainly a much funner team to watch, I find. They're a very young team. Uh, they have some great pieces. Uh, they, they have to look at their depth, that's for sure. Uh, but they definitely have some more talented players uh, than I recall them having, you know, in the, the late 2010s there, mm-hmm. uh, mid-2000s, uh, where they had, you know, they had some great pieces. They were all in the... the probably the opposite side of 30 or just above. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there were, there were a lot of veterans on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of remind me of the Sharks right now with some of their older guys. Sharks, Kings kind of. Yeah, right? that, that, that Pacific uh, type division mm-hmm. or Northwest at the time. Uh, but uh, I, I think they're, they're going in the right direction, mm-hmm. uh, but they definitely have some work to do. Yeah, it almost kind of seems like, I mean, you, this year they didn't pick until the fourth round at the draft, which doesn't generally happen with any team in any uh any draft year so i was but that's the price you pay for players like travis hamannick that they've picked up over the last couple of years the, the thing i'll say is you, you know even though they don't pick to the fourth round this year i remember a lot of times with the daryl sutter eras where they they had some they were giving up first round picks like candy oh yeah uh, for for rentals though at the time that was kind of the thing at the time a lot they of teams kinda... had to give up first round picks for rentals the guys that they've been able to add with these picks they've been able to lock in long-term. So they're not rentals. Yeah, and they're um, still relatively young. They kind of have a good mix of young players. That's right. They mix. So, you know, even though it sucks not picking until the fourth round, I wouldn't suggest doing that all the time. Uh, At least they're... At least they're far enough removed from that 2004 Stanley Cup run where they're not kind of living off that success and trying to... That's right. They've had a a rebuild. Uh, They're still in the midst of a rebuild but they're at the end of it now yeah. now is the time where they got to start producing on the ice definitely i completely agree uh gonna have a bit of a different look next year bill peters is gonna be the head coach i think that might have had a little to do with the trade that went down uh 
this is kind of the whole point while we're talking or the whole point of why we're talking today i wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the dougie hamilton trade well first off yeah for first off uh before we kind of get into it we gotta we gotta say that dougie hamilton michael ferland and adam fox were traded from the calgary flames to the carolina hurricanes for elias lindholm and the centerpiece coming the other way uh defenseman noah hannafin so your thoughts on that deal well, the first thoughts were when I got the text from yourself, and I had kind of been watching. I broke the trade to you. You did. I'm a trade So did Don. <laughs> they both had sent me a message pretty quick. And when I saw Don's text, I'm like, oh, no, what's yeah. happened? Yeah, because you know he's going to bug Because you know he's going to bug me. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know. Um, so I had a feeling when he said Carolina trade with Calgary. I knew Hanif- or I knew at the time Elias Lindholm had mm-hmm. to be included. Yeah. Uh, there was, was a lot of speculation that Calgary was interested in him. Mm-hmm. They definitely needed a top uh, forward right winger. He shoots right. He he fit what they were looking for. Uh, and then when I heard Hannafin was included, I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be much gonna bigger be big. than I thought. It's going to be big. Um, and I had a feeling with all the speculation, like Hamilton's going to be included and I'm not going to be happy about it. I was really <laughs> hoping that we could swing a trade with maybe TJ Brody yep. and an Adam Fox. Well, Hamilton had like, he had like 17 goals last year, man. He, like, he led the league for defensemen in goals. Yeah. Uh, top pairing defensemen with, with Giordano, they had to be one of the top pairings in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite them not making the playoffs, that was not the problem. They nope. were fantastic. Yeah. Um, but then all these things start trickling out with Hamilton and you, you, you start wondering what with the underlying issues here when he's been traded twice when he's only 25 and he's yeah. been producing very well and he's been traded twice from two fairly uh, big hockey markets and that starts to make you wonder what was going on off the ice not that he I don't think no yeah. one thought he was a bad player I think he was there was all these speculations that he was a bit of a loner he was a bit of an oddball yeah um, but that never seemed to be an issue until the last year there's been all these things with you know some of the guys that interview him say he doesn't like to be interviewed very much he kind of wants to stake to himself and one of the biggest things last year that just drove flames fans crazy was the audacity to keep uh freddie hamilton on the team right his which brother was, was just team. Right, insane right. you're like why is this guy on the team he's never playing he's not there and then him and hamilton or dougie i should say were best friends and there was all this speculation that dougie was upset that at the end of the season when the Flames put him on waivers and he was claimed that he wasn't happy about that. Right. Because he had kind of lost his best friend. Lost his pal. And at the same time, you're like, come on, man. You're a hockey player. you yeah. got to get used to this yeah, kind of you stuff. Know you're going to lose friends. It's a business. Man, it He just sucks. didn't make sense. It sucks when guys like that have all the talent in the world and, you know, they, can, they have the ability to really be a difference maker on your team. I mean, wasn't he even in... I think he finished top 10 in the Norris Trophy voting the year before. Yeah. Right? It sucks when... I don't want to say it's baggage that kind of comes along with a player like that but uh because it never seemed to be a problem until no. you know now all of a sudden the media makes it into a problem and i don't maybe it's bigger than we know you know we're yeah. never going to know the real yeah answer. all we can do is speculate and that's right and know. i don't want to throw cold water or hot water on him yeah. you know whatever the term is uh he's a great player and i i think he's going to do great in carolina mm-hmm. i think he's going to be a little bit away from the media it might be he's, good he's probably going to be a top he's going to be a top defenseman he's probably going to be in the top five scoring again, mm-hmm. and we're all going to cry about it in <laughs> Flames land. Yeah. Um, but to, to get away from that, I'm really, I was really excited about Hannah Finn and Lindholm. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that those two guys are going to be great. Um, the back end on the Flames definitely took a downgrade. Yeah. Not to see that Hannah Finn won't get there. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a great player. Oh, man. He's, sure. he's going to be, you know, these are two Only guys that were both now. top five picks. Yeah, so. they're both 
like fifth early, yeah, early first rounders. So yeah. they're both going to be great. There's no doubt about it. Hamilton's the better player now. Uh, so the, the issue with me was you have to include Furland and Fox. Yeah. And Furland right now, yes, he's not as great as a talent as Lindholm. He's a bit older, but he was on a great contract under yeah. two million a season. Yes, he, he was due for a new contract. He his career raise. So maybe maybe trading him now was probably. They'd get the best return at this. I point. think that's what it was. They, yeah. they they knew that they probably wouldn't be able to keep him in free agency mm-hmm. next year because he was going to go out of their budget. Somebody was going to pay him stupid money. Yeah. Uh, and then Fox, if you if here us in Flamesland, we know we were very excited about this prospect. Mm-hmm. He was one of the top prospects. We were all thinking he was going to be the best defenseman prospect outside of Rasmus Anderson. Right. Uh, but the concern with him was... Defenseman, right? He's yes. a defenseman, yeah. yeah. Plays uh, university hockey, college mm-hmm. hockey. Yep. Uh, the concern with him was that he wasn't going to sign with Calgary. He was going to sign, and I kind of uh, that There was too, some yeah. rumors that came out uh, just before the draft that Brad Living had talked to his agent just to make a final pitch. Uh, it didn't sound like it went very well, so... Uh, he's one of those guys that was going into his fourth year college that right. at the end of that four years has the option to just hit free agency and then the you plane is to see a guy like nothing. that. Kind of, kind of how they got uh, Spencer Fu. Was he Spencer ever, Fu? Was he drafted? He was undrafted. He was undrafted. Uh, okay. the, the big one that you would think of would be was Jimmy probably VC. Uh, Jimmy VC for Nashville and yeah. uh, Justin Schultz. Right. Uh, when those guys decided to Ducks. just go to free agency. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... You worried about that, so in the end, the Flames decided, let's get something for him now. He was probably a sweetener. I don't know if that's what was the tipping point. Mm-hmm. I, I, it really makes me wonder, could you have just done Hamilton and Furland for the two? I feel like those were enough. Fox must but have just maybe Carolina just really pushed for Fox. Yeah, and, Hannafin's value is pretty high, too. It is, yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, he's also a little bit of an unknown, right? That's like, right. They always say that you never really know what you're going to get out of a... Uh, Say a prospect defenseman, and they always I've I've heard I've heard this term used before, but uh, sometimes you never know what you're going to get until they're past 300 games into their NHL career. Then you really have an idea. That's so right. Hannafin's only played what two years? Two years, yeah. yeah and, so. and defensemen tend to uh, come into the league hot. You, yep. you see some of these guys come in, you're like, wow, this guy's a great player. Mm-hmm. They kind of fall off, and then you wonder maybe they aren't as good because they start getting those tougher minutes. Right. And then you really find out who they right. are. Right. You kind of shelter them early. Like you, you look at a guy like Tyler Myers when he came into the league, he was unbelievable. Called a trophy winner, yeah. And then he kind of fell off, and you're like, oh, maybe he's more of a three four. And now he's looking Buffalo great. Buffalo kind of hit but, the skids, yeah. But uh, so yeah, they just tend to to develop a little later. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a great trade breakdown. That was better than I probably could have expected. So thanks for that. Uh, how do you like the sounds of? Oh, after that, I mean, how do you like the sounds of official Calgary Flames insider for the podcast? <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> Maybe just official insider. That's man. right. That's right. It was uh, you, you blew me away there. Yeah, so the big thing here is going to be what Calgary has to pay these two guys. They're both RFA's. Yeah. Are they going to yeah, be able to get yeah. them for for less than they were paying Hamilton Furland? Bridge deal. Versus, I think it's going to probably yeah. be around the same cap hits between oh, the sure. two of them. Yeah. Uh, and then you wonder, is this something else? They got to do more. They have. They're going to have probably at least twelve million in cap space yeah. after those two guys sign. With the only guy that really needs to sign being. Yankowski, so they're going to have quite a bit of cap space. Jay Feaster's son. Um, so we're going to see what they have to do with that. Uh, they, they can't go crazy. they got to sign Kachuk next year. But, yeah, they got uh, a lot of work to do. I mean, we'll see what they do here. Kind of moving away from the trade. Um, I'm going to kind of test here, see where your... Uh, see, see, see where your allegiances lay here. Uh, Jets and Flames are playing in the Western Conference Final next season. What jersey do you wear to MTS place for Game 1? Flames, hands down. Uh, you <laughs> know, don't answer. get me wrong. I love it. I, I love the Jets too. Um, I'll cheer for them. But if it comes down to Flames Jets, 
jets can just go burn. They can <laughs> go burn jets. Go burn. I love it. Uh, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just haven't had the years and years of heartache. I mean, this was the first real playoff run. I got really behind the jets. Uh, but I mean, you just haven't had those years of heartbreak, and it mm-hmm. just, it just, you just don't have that allegiance yet. No, uh, that's a uh, that's a fair statement. I I'm talking to Don a couple episodes ago, and I asked him, uh, Jets or Sens, and he told me he told me Jets. So oh, I, well, I I also told, I don't blame I, him. The Sens are a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another. We won't day. get into that. But I did tell him, goodness. being a Devils fan myself, I would. Uh, I would probably the only reason I cheer for Winnipeg is uh, just out of fear for my life. So yeah, yeah. At least I don't, I don't know if a... I'd wear the Flames. Uh, it'd be tough. I'd probably wear it under my shirt. Maybe no, I'd be wearing it for sure. Timmy wore a Golden Knights jersey to. Uh, I can't remember what game it was, but it was to the in the Western Conference Final this year. No. He wore a Flurry jersey. Yeah, so he survived at least. <laughs> um, speaking of the Jets. Uh, I also want to thank you for bailing on your pal Patrick Stewart seven years ago to join a different season ticket group. Right. Uh, <laughs> you're the true reason why I have a share in Jet season tickets, so I thank you for that. I was thinking of you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, it's been a good uh, couple of years. Um, back to our uh, good friend of the show, Patrick, for a moment. I want to touch on our Fantasy Hockey League. I could not, not talk about it, right? Uh, the ILRC Invitational. Uh, the league is quite controversial controversial I've, I've said that word wrong my entire life uh, and it's very competitive to say the least uh with certain teams fighting trade vetoes and little arguments here and there uh you were a contender year after year of course winning it in 2017 after a controversial trade and <laughs> losing in the final this year to patrick uh can you explain to me how you do it how, like how you stay competitive every year and why i suck so bad Biggest thing, be there for the draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was Don't there. Don't auto-draft. Oh, man. Uh, Don't draft the with your thing, heart. You got to watch, uh, watch that waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, you got to utilize your games, get as many games in, <laughs> yeah. and, and watch for, for sleepers and that. Because, uh, I mean, you can pick up a guy that's hot yeah. and then drop him like they're hot afterwards. I know, it's tough. You know, sometimes your heart's just too yeah. much. But, too- I mean, there's guys I stick to, and I'm like, oh, I should probably drop this guy, but yeah. I just love this player. Hey, Tyler, I'll take him. I'll trade him. I'll trade yeah. him. Give him yeah. to Tyler. I and you know what? I always try and look for a trade before I drop a guy. If they, you know, if they are cooling off, why drop them for nothing? Try and get something before you drop them. It's amazing how many players are streaky like that. Eh? Yeah. You, know, you can just put together like a four or five game point streak and then just go cold yeah. for ten straight. <laughs> um, we got to end this episode off with some trivia. Pretty excited to test you out here. I know Don Ooh. went three for three when we were talking Ottawa. Well, Don's there. a stats man. Huh? I know Don's a stats man, but I know you're a smart guy, so I'm gonna. Gonna make a prediction here. You're gonna get all three of these right, so no pressure. Let's try here. So, Theo Fleury was one of the all-time great Flames, and is arguably a Hall of Famer. But that's a topic for another day. Fleury struggled late in his career with a number of personal things. We won't touch on that. But I want to know what team did Fleury end his NHL career with during those dark days? Well, technically, during the dark days, uh, was it the Rangers? It would have been the Rangers, and after the Rangers, after there the was Rangers, one more team. There was one more team. Yeah. I think he only played a season there in about 50 That's games. right. He didn't play much. They traded yeah. him out of there pretty quick. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm drawing know. a blank right now. Uh, Rhymes with schmack schmocks. <laughs> what? Chicago schmack schmocks. Oh, that's right. He did play with he Chicago. He played one that's season right. with Chicago, Chicago before yeah. his... Uh, before that's right. His, but he did uh, retire as a forever aflame. He, that's right. He, <laughs> they they cut him. And he scored that wicked shootout goal. That's right. And then oh, they yeah. cut him the next game. And you're yeah. like, what the heck yeah, was Come that? on. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. Um, speaking of Hall of Famers, Joe Neuendijk, 
of course, he won a Stanley Cup in 1989 with Calgary. And he's one of 11 NHL players in NHL history to win a cup with three different teams. Can you name the other two teams that he won a cup with? One with Dallas. Yeah. One with Calgary. And... I think me. Oh, that's right. He did win with New Jersey. He actually yeah. won two with New that's Jersey. That's right. He yeah, won so. the, the one where they won two out of three yeah. years, was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 2000 yeah. and then 2003. That was his last Cups. Four Stanley, no, four Stanley Cups, right. that guy. Yeah, that's incredible. He, yeah, he was... Unreal. When they've traded him, I remember just... I mean, I remember looking at the trade now, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that was bad. Yeah. That was a bad trade. That's crazy, man. He was, uh, it was so much more about money then. You know, yeah. it was just trades weren't the same. No. Um, you know, you just look at them, and they're just very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, as for, and as for the last question. I think I'm 0 for 2 here. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I got I'm, a little help. I'm giving you that one. Uh, not, you're, I'll give you, this is for the passing grade. This is the third question. So, true or false? Oh, no, it's not a true or false. It was a true or false, but I changed it because I didn't think you'd get it. <laughs> I had a 50-50 chance. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask it to you anyway. Uh, but first, I'll ask you this one. I know you're a jersey guy. you got a lot of, a lot of jerseys, a lot of nice ones. So I'm going to put you to the test here. Ole Okunen did two stints with the Calgary Flames. <laughs> what two numbers did he wear? 13. Yeah. Oh, and then what else? I think 13 and... 21, I want to say. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I I know it was in the 20s, but I didn't think it was 23. I'm trying to think what number he wore when he was with the Jets. Was it 21? 15? I think it was 15 or something. It might have been where Hendricks is wearing now. It's also worth noting that uh, if anybody gets the chance, maybe check out an Ole Jokinen uh, gif or jif, whatever you want to call him. (laughs) The waffle gif. Yeah, either that case (laughs) or whatever. It's probably the funniest thing I've ever seen, and uh, I think of Cody every time I see one. Uh, As for the question, I wasn't going to ask you, uh, but I decided I'm going to ask you now. True or false? Brett Hall and Doug Gilmar won a Stanley Cup with Calgary in 1989. Uh, false. I don't think Brett Hall was on the team then. Yeah, you got so it. You he was with St. Louis. Traded for, for the Blues. Did yeah, they that's get, right. They didn't get traded for each other, did they? No, they didn't. No, okay. No. All right. That's pretty two legendary. It was a pretty bad trade, too. Those I think. Are, yeah, those are two pretty legendary players. I don't know yeah. if that would have happened. Um, speaking of legendary, this interview has been legendary way better than I would have expected. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, before we end, you never did, uh, ever buy me beer underage, did you? Not that I know of. Good answer. (laughs) Thanks to Cody Cleave, official, (laughs) official Calgary Flames insider of the Tongues Out Hockey Podcast. Thanks for joining us. You bet. Have a good one. That was a pretty incredible. That was a pretty incredible interview. I got way more out of that than I possibly ever could have expected. So thanks to Cody for stopping by. I think he may have found himself a future on this podcast as a frequent guest. Uh, before we go, obviously with free agency coming up on July first, I, I got to touch about these things because we're not going to be here uh, after Friday. So I won't be here to break it down for you guys. The big fish are John Tavares, Paul Stastny, and Joe Thornton, at least in my opinion. Uh, I kind of talked about this with Cody. He kind of thinks that Cody's kind of with the people that think that uh, John Tavares is going to stay on Long Island. I think that John Tavares is going to be signing in San Jose. Sharks have been clearing out cap space. I I just read that Joe Pavelski's grandma made a pitch to Tavares to bring him in, so um, I think the Sharks are probably pulling out all the stops to bring him in. They offer an opportunity to win now, which I don't think New York does. Um, Paul Stasny, uh, us here in Winnipeg, we all saw what he managed to do last year for the Jets and how much he meant to that second line with Patrick Laine and Nikolai Ehlers. So I think all signs point to both sides wanting to 
make this happen and bring him back for a year or two or something like that. But the Jets are up against the cap, probably closer than anybody else with all the players and uh, restricted free agents in particular that need to be resigned, like Hellebuck and Morrissey and Truba. So uh, Lowry too, you could throw in there. So Winnipeg's really up against it. Uh, Cody, of course, being the, the Calgary Flames homer, <laughs> kind of thinks that Stasny's going to end up in Calgary or Winnipeg, he says, but uh, I'm going to think that Chevy's going to make this happen, whether it's buying out the contract of Steve Mason or Dmitry Kulikov and bringing Stasny back because I think the Jets stand a way better chance at winning the Stanley Cup with Paul Stasny than without Paul Stasny. Then, of course, Joe Thornton. Uh, we both agree that he's going to stay in San Jose. Probably going to take a cheap deal since... In my opinion, they're going to sign Tavares, and I'm probably going to look silly if they don't. But <laughs> I think Thornton will probably be back in the the teal. It seems to be all he's known since he left the Bruins, or since he was traded by the Bruins back in like 2006. So, be interesting to see what happens there. And then uh, some of the other, you know, medium-sized fish. I would say you could probably throw James Van Dreamsdyke in there. Uh, Cody again going full homer on us saying that he's going to sign in Calgary <laughs> I'm going to say he'd be a good fit in Boston especially if Rick Nash doesn't uh, resign there uh, James Neal James Neal the real deal as Pierre calls him um, he was kind of, he's kind of the original Vegas misfit and uh, or the, what do they call themselves the golden misfits I know he uh, kind of was the creator of that name so, you know what, I'm going to go off on a limb and say once Vegas kind of loses out on some of the bigger names, they're going to have the room to bring James Neal back and try to contend again. I, I mean, we'll see how Vegas does, but I kind of think he'll end up in Vegas, and Cody's kind of thinking he's going to end up in Dallas. Uh, moving on to his teammate, David Perron, he had like 66 points last year, which is absolutely insane. He's I don't, I don't know if he ever hit 50 before. He had, he had like 45 assists or something like that. So... Um, Cody's kind of thinking it'd be a good fit for him in Toronto. I, I, I think Toronto should probably stay away from David Perron and let uh, Anaheim deal with that. I don't see David Perron's value ever being higher. I, I feel like I feel like a team is going to overpay big time to bring him in. So uh, to kind of move things to the goalies, to the goalie uh, situation, there's uh, not the, not like not a ton of free agent goalies. You got Robin Leonard, Cam Ward, Carter Hutton sitting out there. Uh, I would say not really household names. Peter Mrazek's another one. Robin Leonard, I think he mutually agreed to split with Buffalo. He wouldn't be brought back and was becoming an unrestricted free agent. Cody, again, going homer on us. <laughs> He's going to hate me. But uh, he thinks they're, he, he thinks that Leonard's going to end up in Calgary. Now, Leonard, I, I feel like, is kind of of the same breed as Mike Smith. He's a bit of a hothead, a bit of a lunatic. Uh, I don't think that those two guys would share the crease very well so i'm gonna go off on a limb and say this is this is lou lamorello signing here he's gonna bring robin leonard to the island uh robin leonard maybe maybe robin leonard can be lou's next frederick anderson as we know lou made a trade for him a couple summers ago as the gm of the toronto maple leafs when uh anderson when he lured anderson away from the ducks uh carter hutton's another guy he stole the job from jake allen last year in st louis uh, I think he led the league in goals against average, and he's looking to cash in for, on his first big payday as he's kind of been a, a journeyman backup. He hasn't played for a ton of teams. Uh, I can't remember exactly who drafted him, but I know he's played with Nashville for the last couple of years. Maybe he was drafted by Chicago, and that's why I kind of think he's headed to Chicago, especially with Corey Crawford's health in question. 
uh, last year when he was dealing with vertigo or some sort of head head issues. I, I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, maybe he was just stunned at how bad his team sucked. I shouldn't. I should not make a joke about a guy's health, but uh, I couldn't help it there. Uh, he kind Cody kind of thinks that Carter Hutton's going to be the guy uh, on the island. Um, be interesting to see there. Some other guys to keep an eye on. You got Tyler Bozak, Patrick Maroon. Um, he he kind of came over from the, kind of. He came over from the Oilers and he signed and he went to the Devils at the trade deadline last year and. Maroon was a wicked fit on New Jersey, but if I were Patrick Maroon, which I'm not, I would probably hurry right back onto Connor McDavid's line in Edmonton. I don't think he really should be going anywhere else. Cody says he's headed to Buffalo. It'd be interesting to, to see how all these picks turn out that uh, that we predicted. And then uh, Mike Green's another guy. Uh, he just watched his cap teammates win the cup. I'm sure he's probably hurting pretty bad after that. Uh, speaking of hurting, I think he was having some sort of spinal fusion surgery in the offseason this year he he was playing with the Red Wings and they were trying to deal him at the deadline but I think a lot of people were a little bit scared of his health and uh the surgery that was upcoming for him so he never he didn't end up getting dealt and Detroit ended up getting nothing for him like at most they probably would have got like a third round pick or something like that but yeah I, th- I don't think Green's quite going to get the term as some of these other free agents he might find a one-year deal uh I'm th- I'm thinking he's going to head to Florida I think he'd be a good fit there on uh, on their defense uh, pretty young team there, up and coming. Uh, Cody sees him headed to Montreal, so that's just some of the names to uh, look out for on July first. I know there, it's not the the sexiest lineup. I mean, Toby Enstrom is in there. Maybe maybe Toby Enstrom ends up uh, lining somewhere. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I love free agency. I'm gonna be in Ontario, however, so I'm gonna miss out on that. I usually do. Uh, before I go, I just want to wish everybody happy Canada Day, and I I want to dedicate. I, I don't want to get too uh, emotional here but I want to dedicate this episode to my good pal Curtis Dooley Um, I sat in this parking lot last year after learning of his passing and uh, I'm just reminded of him sitting here talking about hockey the last thing we talked about was the the NHL draft uh, in 2017 and he he was so pumped at how good Christian Veselainen was and the Jets ended up taking him uh, with around the 20th pick or something like that. And he, I remember him saying to me, Veselainen's going to be a good fucking player. You just, you'll see, you'll see. And that was kind of the last conversation we had. So, uh, Curtis, I miss you, buddy. I love you lots. And yeah, <laughs> to kind of, uh, yeah, that's, it's tough. But uh, always remember, guys, shoot the hockey and happy Canada Day. Eh?